Hello, and welcome to the Workplace Justice Podcast. This podcast helps to inform and empower you about your rights within the workplace. We cover topics and examples of various matters in employment law, including sexual harassment, pregnancy discrimination, racial discrimination, how the courts define a hostile work environment, whistleblowing, and everything in between. Workplace Justice is brought to you by the New York City Employment and Civil Rights Law Firm, Nassar Law Group. Here are your hosts, Mahir Nassar, Casey Wolnowski, and Jeffrey Rosenberg. Hello, and thank you for listening to the Workplace Justice Podcast. My name is Meyer Nassar, and I'm joined with co-hosts Casey Wolnowski and Jeffrey Rosenberg. Today's discussion is dedicated to career moms, the challenges of being a mom and balancing your career. Today's featured guest is the host of Career Mom Podcast. She's a career mom with a high-energy three-year-old son and works at a Fortune 100 company. Thank you, Jenny Elliott, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. So, Jenny, tell us, what made you develop this podcast Yeah, it was kind of a journey. I was in the workforce. I've worked for the same company my entire career, which is a little rare, but it's a large organization. I'm in the accounting finance function. So I was 10 years into my career before I got pregnant. And I kind of just thought it was another, you know, like life event, you get married, and then you kind of go back to your career and you continue on with your goals. And now my life is just a little different because I have this beautiful baby. And when I actually went through it, I was so shocked at how unprepared I was to transition back to the workforce after maternity leave. I did a lot of preparation for my pregnancy and birth and, you know, breastfeeding and sleep training. And there was nothing about going back to work. And so I kind of just thought like making the decision to go back was the hardest part because you hear a lot about women that don't return to the workforce after their maternity leave. And I, from the the beginning of my leave, I was very clear that I wanted to go back and then spending every day with the newborn, I definitely knew I wanted to go back. But then that whole first year of being back in the workforce was hard and I was unprepared for it. I felt like nobody had talked about it. I felt like a failure as a mother and an employee. And it took a lot of reflecting and navigating to kind of come to this point where I realized that I had an identity crisis, that I didn't know who I was as a career woman. I didn't know who I was as a mom. I didn't know who I was as a person. And as I was kind of figuring some of that stuff out, I started having conversations with peers at work or friends that were also working moms. And I'm like, all right, I heard this term like identity shift or identity crisis. And everybody was like, oh my gosh, yes, that totally happens. I totally had that exact same thing. The first year or two back at work is so hard. And I was just like, how come no one's talking about this? How come I didn't know? And after some of these conversations, we would get so into the topic that we'd be like, man, why isn't there a podcast episode about this? Because I, mm-hmm. I really relied heavily on podcasts when I was on my maternity leave for entertainment and also knowledge. And there's tons on general motherhood, but I couldn't find anything specific to motherhood in a corporate environment. Hmm. Most of the working mom podcasts were bloggers turned podcasters that were doing like the nap time hustle and things that I just didn't relate to. So once I kind of figured out my identity and who I was as a mom and a working mom, I was looking for a creative outlet. And one day I was just like, a podcast seems kind of creative. Like, let's start this podcast that I'm so badly craving. 
And that's where Career Mom kind of came from. And it's been really great because it's a podcast that I would want to listen to. (laughs) So Mm, all of the guests, I just love the conversations and the things that we're talking about because I'm learning and taking from those guests and getting validation and helping my career. It's just a bonus that I get to record it and share it with people. That's amazing. And just kind of like walk us through this whole identity crisis, the how you define it in terms of navigating your career as a mother and like the challenges between both motherhood and kind of balancing your career, the identity crisis, as you say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think it's it's a challenge for women of this generation, because we were brought up with the you can do anything you set your mind to. And a lot mm-hmm. of us then kind of internalize that into, okay, I'm going to have this high-powered career. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get good grades. I'm going to land a job. I'm going to break the glass ceiling and all of the things because the world's at my fingertips. And that is fantastic and great. I'm Mm -hmm. excited about that still. I think women have made big strides, but then there's really nothing about your career and motherhood. It's kind of like you're Mm -hmm. fed this lean in notion, you know, and when you're single or even when you're married, it's easy to work really hard, work the extra hours, do the things to succeed. And so that's what I was doing. I spent a decade taking on extra projects, getting promotions, doing all of the things that I thought I needed to in order to be successful. And that served me well until that time when I had my son. But then there's really no discussion about how a baby fits into your career. So it's kind of like this area of motherhood that people don't really talk about. So when I had my son, obviously, the joy and the love of becoming a mother was so much more than I expected. But your career and your baby from the get-go are at odds with each other because I wanted to spend a lot more time at home with this beautiful little newborn, but I had to go back to work. And Mm. I knew that I wanted to go back to work. But when you have a three-month-old baby and you're like, man, this is really (laughs) short after. Like, I'm still recovering from childbirth. Like, I'm not physically ready to do anything. And now I'm going back to the office and I'm leaving him with a stranger. Like, there's so many emotions on that side. But then you get back to work and all of the things that you used to do to be successful don't work anymore. I can't stay late because I have to leave at 4.30 and pick up that kid at daycare, or I can stay late, but I'm not coming in until 8 or 9 or 10 because the morning is crazy. And my husband and I tried to do, you know, if one person dropped off in the morning, the other did pick up. So we were kind of sharing that load. And then you're also, most women, some women, I guess, are pumping when you return to work. Right. And that was another thing that was kind of like, oh, yeah, well, and then you just like pump at work. And I'm thinking, okay, like 20 minutes here or there. Well, really, by the time you pack up your stuff, walk to the new mom's room, pump, pack everything up again, walk back. It was half hour, 45 minutes, sometimes up to an hour that you're not at your desk. So you're back. You're expected to be 
full productivity right away and you're taking two long extended breaks. I don't know. I would assume unless everybody is way better at sleep training than me. Most women are not sleeping through the night. My son was waking up at midnight, three and 6 a.m. Like, so I'm not firing on all cylinders yet. The expectation is that you're just like pick up where you left off before leave. And a lot of women don't talk about how hard that is. So then when you're struggling coming back, I internalized all of that as failure. Like, you know, nobody said it was going to be this hard. Why is it so hard for me? I can't do this. I'm a bad mom. I'm a bad employee. And then you're just kind of left sitting there like, what just happened to me? Did your employer talk to you about like what you needed when you came back? And and if not, like, were there any sort of questions that you wish your employer would have asked you or, or that would have discussed with you upon your return that would have made it easier, do you think? Yeah, my employer specifically did not. The way that okay. our organization works is it's kind of, I know there are women that have had a much better experience because of the managers that they had. So it's kind of manager specific mm-hmm. of, you know, okay. if, if your manager is a woman, you know, as I start managing people and have women employees, I ask them, like, do you want more candid feedback? Like, Can we get a little personal here? When I went out on leave and the two jobs when I came back, I had male managers and most of the management Mm -hmm. team was male. So they, I mean, you know, they didn't know. I felt supported. Like nobody was telling me that I couldn't take my pumping breaks. HR gives you a little bit of information about like your benefits and whatever. But one of the things that, I mean, we can kind of talk about later as well is just I've learned through maternity leave and then also through this COVID thing is that especially in large corporate organizations, you have to advocate for yourself. And I very much felt that I didn't know the questions to ask before I went on leave or the things to ask both personally and professionally to come back. And I think, unfortunately, it's still very much on the woman that's going through the leave and the return to work to seek out those benefits and ask those questions to kind of be a little more prepared for that. Are there any specific questions just for our listeners that that you would recommend that people ask? Yeah, I think even when women are pregnant, most don't know the full scope of benefits that they have. Everybody kind of knows that you have FMLA or maybe some type of maternity, paternity leave at your company. But on top of that, what insurance benefits do you carry? A lot of insurance companies will reimburse for breast pumps. Some will cover lactation consultants. It was kind of those types of things that I learned about after the fact. Also, most companies, I think, are well-versed on telling pregnant women what they need. But then even parents that are adopting, like you have another set of benefits or, you know, you qualify for FMLA. And I've just heard so many stories of people that are like, well, I only took like three weeks leave because I didn't know I could take more or I didn't know what the policy was. So I think throughout the pregnancy, I just encourage women to not only prepare for your maternity leave, but think past that leave and to what you're going to come back to. I think a lot of women are good at setting up a like a training plan to 
train somebody to cover them. Well, what's your plan for coming back? I came back on a Wednesday. That was a really good tip that a friend gave me that I came back for a f- starting full days right away. And I came back on a Wednesday instead of a Monday, but mm-hmm. I took my son to daycare on that Monday and Tuesday because this friend of mine was like, that daycare drop off, even if you're like ready to get back out in the world and have a little freedom, like it's heart wrenching to leave your little baby with relative strangers at a daycare. So I dropped him off Monday, Tuesday, had some time to myself, got prepared to go back to work and then went to work on a Wednesday so that when I, <laughs> when I came into the office, I wasn't bawling hysterically like I was on Monday for the first day of drop off. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of little things like those that women have thoughts and they have things that worked well or didn't work well for them. But those conversations aren't really encouraged in the workplace. It's very much just like, a, oh, yeah, I took X weeks or that felt like that was the extent of the conversation in the workplace. So I just encourage women to like, if you have that trusted peer in your organization, go to them and say, what really was your experience when you came back to work? Or what would you tell me to do? Because there's policies and things that are specific to every organization, but it's just kind of getting like a level deeper on those transition plans. I think for returning to work, I would really encourage women to start with like half days, kind of ease into it if your organization is is open to that and think about what's my transition plan back into the office? Am I going to get my entire workload back on day one? Like ask some of those types of questions and, and expectations for the roles of, you know, are you going to as a manager, are you going to expect me to be right back where I was when I left? Because that might not work. So what does that look like going forward? Yes. In terms of sleep deprivation, I think that that's an important topic because I feel like one of the most impactful aspects of motherhood and fatherhood in many ways is a loss of sleep. And that's something that causes an immense stress on the body. How do you deal with that in light of your job and your peers? And how do you kind of like, I guess, speak about it? Do you speak about it? What do you do? I wish I had good tips here, but I don't. And I think it's one of the things that working mothers are so, I don't like so badass (laughs) because there's nothing you can do. If that baby's up, you're up and then I got to show up for work and you just do it. And I think that's one of the things that is so frustrating when you are returning to work because a lot of people don't think about that aspect of, you know, hey, you're showing up and you're contributing to this meeting and you slept three hours last night. But I think being real about it, if you're in a really bad kind of stretch or you're really struggling, I always come back to just having a conversation about expectations. If you know your baby is not sleeping well and you're really struggling and there's a potential for like a new project or something, have an open conversation about right now might not be the time for me to take this on. And Mm -hmm. That's something that took me a very long time to kind of learn how to do because I think women in the workplace, especially high achieving women, really struggle with saying no, with thinking that they could be missing an opportunity and with just realizing that there is, I think it's a year. I think the transition back into the workforce is a year. 
Like just Mm -hmm. focus on figuring out what this new, I'm not a fan of work life balance, but figure out what that balance is, what your priorities are, what your career means to you now. And for a year, you're probably going to have to dial it back from where you were before. And that's okay Mm -hmm. as long as you're having expectation conversations with your management team of, you know, before I went out on leave, you could call me after hours and I would work on something or I would take on all of the extra projects and that's just not going to work right now. And I think that then also alleviate some of the pressure that women put on themselves too, because I went back thinking everyone's going to notice if I don't keep doing everything and everyone's going to have a problem. And in reality, no one's really paying that much attention. Or if I was leaving a few days a week because my son was sick, I felt like everybody's back at the office talking about me and like that I had to leave again. And that's usually not the case. But we internalize and put all these expectations of perfection and working at the same level pre-baby that just are not realistic. Yeah. And I guess one of the things you mentioned is about like internalizing these expectations and these thoughts. What is it like for a career mom in terms of her mindset and the mental load that she takes on in trying to navigate these very, very different roles in their life? Yeah, the mental load and decision fatigue were along with identity shift. Those were like the three words that I feel like summed up my first year of working motherhood, because I remember a very specific conversation with my husband where I came home from work one day and I felt like I got nothing done because daycare called and I had to make a doctor's appointment and then I had to leave for the doctor's appointment and then I was pumping and just my mind was going crazy. And my husband's like, well, what's going on? Like, why are you so upset? And I'm like, you get to go to work and you just work. I go to work and I bring everybody's schedules with me and what's missing at the, like when we need toothpaste, when we need diapers, when the dog needs his nails cut, like everything is just spinning in my mind. So I think first of all, being aware of it, I think that's Mm -hmm. another thing that women like, you know, this little baby comes with so much (laughs) physical stuff and mental stuff that again, I just wasn't prepared to think through. But Knowing that that's going to happen. And then throughout the course of the past couple of years, my husband and I have had very specific conversations of like, this task is yours, this task is mine to kind of try to level some of that load. I think depending on your position at work, there might be some mental load delegation things that can happen there as well to kind of help. But I got, I leaned really hard into lists and writing everything down and prioritizing. I think the thing that mental load when it first starts happening is so overwhelming. But once you kind of figure out the system that works for you, you can kind of harness it. And because I then, my son had a lot of ear infections when he was a baby. So it felt like I'd never worked a solid week the first okay. like three months he was in daycare. So I got that mental load and that mindset piece was like, I got so focused on what I had to do in the limited hours of time that I had in the office that I could sort through things and say, this is important, or this is urgent, or somebody's saying this is urgent, and it's not. Because I was working like every day was going to be a sick day tomorrow. So if I'm out of the office tomorrow, what has to get done today? And that's all I'm focusing on. So some of that prioritization and just task management kind of naturally Mm -hmm. starts happening. 
And then I think, too, I would be really curious, like, if you get some of these seasoned working moms and, like, put them in a productivity challenge with some of the men in the office, it's powerful. Like, I can get a lot of stuff done that my pre-baby self would have, like, taken twice as long because you have time to do it. So as you kind of get into the transition, I think you can start to see once the fog clears from those first six to nine months, you can see the power of being a career mom and how you can take skills that you're learning being a mom to your career and skills that you've learned in your career to parenting. And what would be some of those skills that you would Obviously, you mentioned like prioritizing and task management. And in many ways, you kind of talk about like how important communication is both within the workplace and even at home. What other skills would you recommend our listeners to kind of nurture and develop as a part of being a career mother? Yeah, I think the communication is huge. I think learning to ask for help or say what you need very specifically, whether with your partner or in the workplace too. But the other thing was I just noticed babies cry a lot. Toddlers have tantrums. So I don't know if empathy is the right word or just emotional intelligence maybe, but I could sit in situations or conversations that used to get me really fired up and irritated and annoyed and just ignore it. (laughs) Like I can sit with a baby that's crying for four hours, I can listen to this person complain and know that it's not going to affect me. So I think there's kind of some, some emotional levels that you can really lean into. And I've just also realized the women supporting women type Mm -hmm. mindset. I was all for women with careers before, but now I just feel like there's a greater sense of support and camaraderie between me and other working mothers in in our organization Mm -hmm. where you just relate more to the struggle that they're going through. And so there's that sense of, can I help you? Or, hey, I have this going on. Can you help me? And understand that we know what that means to each other and how important it is to have that support in the workplace and outside. My career moved me away from my family. That was another challenge that my husband and I had when we had a newborn, we were six hours away from my parents. So Mm -hmm. any of those sick days was me or my husband missing work. We didn't have grandma and grandpa down the street to come and help. And so it took me a while to realize that women in my neighborhood or peers at work that were like, you know, if you need me to go and pick up groceries for you because someone's cam sick, or if you need me to watch cam this weekend so you can catch up on work to actually take people up on those offers. We need to help each other. And it's really hard to ask and accept help both at work and at home and personally. So kind of building up that village of support outside of immediate family and knowing who those people are that you can go to. Taking up on those offers, saying yes, immediately. I need some help. Yes, you're in. You're in. So tell me about like, I mean, you mentioned that there's a lot of camaraderie. There's a lot of companionship. There's a lot of strength between you and other working mothers. What about like the male management, management in general, in terms of their understanding of all the challenges that you're going through? Do you feel like they're receptive and understanding or do you feel like there needs to be like a lot of communication to kind of effectively make them understand? 
Yeah, I think it depends. And I think that's kind of part of the challenge that working women are finding themselves in. I have had very supportive peers or managers that also have working wives that are dual career couples. So those people get it. They've been there. They've had their wife say, I cannot miss this meeting. Like you have to stay home. They understand that. My organization is very traditional have stay-at-home wives and they Mm. don't get it a little on the conservative side. So a lot of the men that are in senior positions, as much as they can be supportive or can tell you take advantage of this flexible work arrangement or do this, when you really have a conversation or when you really get into a situation that's challenging and you need that deeper level of support, they they don't get it. An example of this would be my company is talking about transition back to work in the upcoming months. We've Mm -hmm. been working remote for the past year with COVID. And a lot of working parents, men and women, are asking for flexible. I've really enjoyed being at home arrangements when we come back, like maybe working from home two days a week. And I don't think I need to be here five days a week. But in the sense that I can do a load of laundry in between a call, and then I'm not now spending my weekend doing a week's worth of laundry. Like I've feel like I've kind of gotten my weekend time back. So that was an example that was given in a survey about why employees wanted flexible time so that you could do laundry or sweep the floor throughout the day, keep up on household things. And a senior leader was like, well, why are people doing laundry during the workday? Because his wife is home and always doing his laundry. Because we have a life going on outside of our careers. And there are some people that just still see and think that 40 hours during the week should be career only. And that's just not life for working parents. Yeah. Yeah. You need more of a flexible schedule. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, talking about kind of the working dad thing, there's a whole nother discussion you could have there because it's kind of the first generation of men that are coming up that are married to working women. And this whole dual career couple thing that a lot of men, my husband being one, don't have examples in the organization of how to do that well. Because Mm. all of the men, all of the people that he's working with that have stay-at-home wives or nannies or whatever, they don't miss work to take care of a sick kid. So my husband also had to learn how to have conversations with his management team of, you know, my wife has this big presentation and I have to stay at home with a sick kid today. Like that's even more rare than women doing that, you know? So there's a whole working parent, I think, issue going on right now. And a lot of men don't have an example in the workplace of how to do that effectively or evenly with their working wives. Yeah. You mentioned about COVID. What do you feel has been the biggest impact for career moms during COVID? Obviously, a lot of caregiver type of situations and remotely working from home, like kind of balancing that must have been a lot harder. I think the biggest concern and issue is just the labor statistics of how many women completely left the workforce. Right. That's shocking and sad. I think my biggest concern when we come out of COVID is just that a lot of women are going to feel the full effects of this past year. I think we've all been in this low-level stress and anxiety for over a year, and you keep pushing through and kind of to your, you know, your sleep-deprived question, like, 
I don't yeah. know how we're doing it at this point. Like we just are because we have yeah. to. And so when some yeah. of that stress goes away, hopefully kids are mainly back in school in the fall and everyone has vaccines. So you feel a little safer. I'm just really scared that a lot of people are going to feel the full effects mentally and physically that this past year has brought on us even more than what we've felt as we've been going through it. So if you really look at what burnout is and what that does to somebody physically, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are expecting to feel better when all this is over that might have to feel a little worse to process that burnout before things get better. I hope on a positive note, what I am taking out of COVID and what I have talked a lot about on the podcast and what I try to encourage like friends and conversation and stuff is I think COVID has brought to light that people have families. And part of the working mom struggle is that you go back to work and you try to hide that you're a mom and that you have young kids and that you're trying to figure this all out. And with Zoom meetings, <laughs> And kids like popping up and dogs barking and whatever. Mm -hmm. I hope that it's a more integrated approach going forward of, yeah, I am a mom and I'm not going to apologize if I have to leave and pick up my kids or I'm not going to settle going back to the office five days a week because I want to put my kid on the bus a couple mornings. Again, going back also to, I kind of talked about advocating for yourself. I hope that this experience has empowered working moms to be like, you just did your job remotely with children at home for a year. So you can ask for whatever you need when you go back to the office, whether that's flexibility, whether that's part-time work, whether that's something different. I hope that it's empowering women that have survived this to kind of harness their power and their resiliency and take that into the workforce to kind of demand some change from these structures that haven't really embraced a working parent mindset. And I think that goes for men as well. I think a lot of men have enjoyed being home to some extent, <laughs> yeah. maybe not for a full year, but you know, being able to, to log off the computer and have dinner with their families and not being at the office to miss dinner and all of those types of examples, traveling less. Yeah, for sure. Well, listen, Jenny, it was an absolute pleasure. I think this has been an amazing discussion to learn more about motherhood and career and the balancing and the different challenges that both moms and dads experience within the workplace. I deeply, deeply appreciate your time today. Thank you, Casey and Jeff. And for all the listeners that are listening, thank you so much for joining in. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on the Workplace Justice Podcast. Love this episode? Leave us a review and tell us what you think about our show. If you haven't subscribed yet, head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app to subscribe to our show so you'll never miss a new episode. Need help? Talk to an employment lawyer today. Visit our website at nisarlaw.com or call 212-600-9534 for your free case evaluation. See you in the next episode.